Welcome back to episode 101 of Miserable and Reckless, our march to 200, America, where we bring you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things in the South. I'm Logan's in there with Dustin Morgan and Ryan. Please be sure to give us five stars and a great review wherever you get your podcast. But for this podcast, it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon. We are available there. The website is miserable-reckless. Uh, we have blog content. We have a shop. And, you know, if you do the Spotify option for the podcast, Click the description, click the link, and then you have a up to one minute voicemail that you can leave us. Do that. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, or as we say on uh, tailgate season, Ryan heard it. If you want to tell us just to fuck ourselves, you can do that too. All right. Moving into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Morgan, kick it off. Well, first off, as you mentioned, our March to 200, hopefully it is as disastrous and miserable as uh, Sherman's March to the Sea. <laughs> a little southern history for you. <laughs> no, we're keeping it southern, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to the good, bad, and the ugly. Let's start with the good. Um, we are officially 100% all underwear with Brody. Nice. 100%. He wears underwear to bed at night. He is. He's kicking it like a ninja. He is officially 100% potty trained, like fully. So we're we're all we're so excited about that. Um, he's actually he hasn't worn a pull up probably, I'd say a little over a week, maybe. So oh, yeah. knock on wood, no no accidents. But you know, I just say that, you know, he's probably pissing his bed right now. So <laughs> as you speak. As she speaks, so tune in next week to find out what happens. My <laughs> uh, <laughs> bad. Um, it's kind of a, somewhat of a good, but still bad. Tech, you know, last week they had once again third quarter playing pretty decent, and then once again penalties and what have you and whatnot. Um, just killed them. They just uh, not disciplined at all. So that uh, they got their work cut out for them in the offseason to get that shit up the wraps. My ugly, uh, watched a little bit of news today and you know, maybe follow NFL. Dan Snyder is just falling further and further down the shit stick as, as we speak. He's getting sued by the Attorney General for his uh, workplace misconduct. And I'm hoping. He's just one ugly, sad sack of shit. His days as, as the owner of the uh, Redskins cannot come fast enough. And I'm hoping that this just expedites it even faster. So that's my good, bad, and the ugly. All right. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm about Dan Snyder. I just wish we would as a organization, put that into winning. But, you know, <laughs> we haven't won anything in my lifetime as of note. But, Morgan, I love your optimism. I hope it's contagious because I want it to rub off on me at some point. Ryan, good, the bad, and the ugly. All right. Um, good. I am uh, episode – it only took 101 episodes, but I am uh, recording this podcast live from Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. I have been in Wrightsville Beach and will continue to be in Wrightsville Beach for some time for some work before I 
head up to uh, Morgan and Logan's area for the Thanksgiving holiday and for the big game on uh, Black Friday. So a lot of time spent in North Carolina. Um, it's my first time back for this length of time. I've been back about once every year and a half or so to Wrightsville Beach, but it's it's uh, in, in the Wilmington area. But it's my first time back for a long period of time. Um, so that's that's my good. Um, I will uh, I'll call myself out for my bad. Um, Logan and I were talking about this, but on Saturday night, we had an extra hour of drinking. Um, the way that this works for those of you who are not paying attention is, uh, when they set the clocks back or forward, sometimes you can, they always do it at 2 AM, right? So sometimes you can lose an hour of drinking technically, sometimes you gain an hour of drinking. So the only good thing that comes from this stupid thing that they call daylight savings time, and I'm sorry, farmers, but it's stupid is another flyover country thing that we have to deal with that nobody cares about um is uh i'm gonna blame the big 10 for uh, and, and big 12 for uh daylight savings time anyways um, we get an extra hour of drinking so uh this used to be a big deal in college especially we come down to the beach bars down here in wrightsville beach so um i being a little out of practice not so much the drinking but at the uh, paying attention to when you get the extra hour because it's been a while since i've uh been out at that time of night. Um, I showed up on Sunday. So I showed up the day after um, where you would have had an extended period of time. So oh that, yeah, rookie move by me. So, uh, oh, well. Um, another thing that I thought was kind of uh, interesting that's based out of um, Wilmington and I'll go back. I'll say that's a, that's a, this is all part of my good, I guess. Um, I was at Waterman's Brewing. Uh, used to be the old Fibber McGee's for people that are familiar with Wilmington at all. Um, there's a lot of breweries in Wilmington. Wilmington's gone a little brewery crazy. Um, I'm not a beer drinker, but at the same time, Waterman's is a really cool place that I think I've talked about in the past on the podcast. Um, we went uh, when we were down for Dustin's wedding in Wilmington. For the, I went for the first time with my wife. Um, they do really cool things. We've talked in the past on this podcast about the Wrightsville Beach lifeguarding. Unfortunately, it was kind of in a tragic situation. Um, that we were talking about it, but that's part of why Waterman's exists. Um, they exist to uh, help with the uh, the people that have passed away or the people that the sea has taken too soon, whether those be fishermen or um, lifeguards or uh, boat captains or anything of that nature. Um, they've got a tribute wall on the back, which I think is really cool. And it's, it's something that I like to stop by and see. Um, also, they serve liquor and really good food. So that works as part of the brewery thing. It's not the brewery. <laughs> It's not the brewery idea that you're thinking of where you go in and you see the tanks and 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 it smells like shit. So uh it's actually a nice place. So um so we like going there and they got a they got a knockout logo if you ever look them up. Here's why I'm going into all this detail. Um so I'm sitting here and I'm killing some time uh while my wife uh works. She's got a little bit more of a busy schedule than me. So I'm reading Ray Thompson's book, Pappy Land, while I'm down here, just kind of sitting out on the on the balcony and uh watching the waves roll in. And uh, he's talking about old, old Fitzgerald. He's talking about Pappy Van Winkle. I'm not going to ruin the book. I'll just tell you that that uh, it's a it's a pretty good book and it's about family and it's about um, what family and legacy mean and about how you can't really go home to a place. Um, you have to go home in your mind and uh, because places change and your memories don't. So hopefully if you still have your memories and you can cling to them, even if you go back to a place, whether it's an old still that your dad brewed at or a beach bar that now is completely changed and is different. You're still going home to that place in your mind, even though it may not be the same. 
So I'm sitting here reading that and getting a little more nostalgic probably than I should and probably thinking a little harder than I should about it. We go out to Waterman's Brewing that night and lo and behold, what do I see sitting on the counter in front of me? I see a bottle of Old Fitzgerald. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I was literally just reading about this barrel of bourbon that Pappy Van Winkle made with his father. If you Google or Wikipedia Pappy Van Winkle, um, or just go ahead and Google uh, the cost of a bottle of Old Fitzgerald on the secondary market. Um, it's sitting on the counter at a brewery of all places in front of me. Um, I casually asked the bartender, is there anything left in that bottle? Because it looked like there was hardly anything left at the bottom of the bottle. And the guy, kid you not, looks at me, an angel from above. And he says, ah, you can have the rest of it. It's been sitting here for a while. And uh, yeah, I just, well, just, just take it. Just take it for free. Gives me the rest of the bottle. Folks, this is a $650 bottle of liquor. I walked into a Waterman's Brewing Place in Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina, and the gentleman poured a $650 bottle worth of bourbon into a shot glass, did not charge me a penny for it, and then said, if you don't mind, I'm going to take the bottle and I'm going to go put it in the office. I'll try and take it home later. So he knew exactly what he was doing. So if you <laughs> want to know the, the magical experience of, uh, of Wrightsville, and let me tell you something, it's been open for about two months, and if you know anything about bourbon... When something's been open that long, it oxidizes and everything else. It was still as smooth as anything I've tasted. So I can't imagine what it would have tasted like when you first popped it the first 20 minutes. So I don't even know what that is. I don't know if that's a good, bad, and the awesome, or if that's a good, bad, and the incredible, or whatever. But to be given a a, a, a bourbon that I've never had really in my entire life that is that, is that significantly old, bourbon was probably about as old as I was. Um, it was, it was, it was bottled in the eighties. I can tell you that. So, uh, that's incredible. Um, and I purposely kept that from you guys because <laughs> I wanted to say that here. <laughs> that's, that's pretty nuts. What are the odds? Yeah. Can't be very high. That is pretty cool. So they won it in a lottery. Buy a lottery ticket. They won it. In, they won it. In, the, they won the bottle in a lottery from the ABC store. <laughs> that makes sense. So that's it for me. All right, Dustin, good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, I'll raise the sunshine for me this week. Um, first, starting the world of hockey. Uh, this past Saturday, uh, Jenny, my wife, and me and my father-in-law went to a hockey game. We'll see Washington Capitals play here in D.C. Um, it was a good time, um, but it was also a historic game. Um, Alex Ovechkin had goal 787 at that game, which puts him at the top of the list for most goals with one franchise. And I believe he's what third now all time, something like that. So, uh, we just sort of by happen chance were able to go to the game where that happened. Um, we actually were a little grumpy in the beginning. Because uh, our father-in-law asked us, oh, you want to go to a Caps game sometime? We were like, yeah, we'll go. Then he never asked us about when, and he just bought tickets and was like, hey, we're going to this game. Um, none of us had any idea when the tickets were bought that it would be this that particular game or that that's how things worked out. But thankfully, the good Lord was smiling on us. Uh, my wife and my father-in-law are big-time Caps fans. It was pretty special to be there for that. Um, pretty cool, you know. Ovi's obviously chasing the 
the overall goal uh, total, but to see him break that record with the franchise that he spent his entire career with and will retire with is pretty cool. Um, sports related, another good, or a couple of goods. One, uh, Duke Bowl eligible. You know, early when we did our preseason show, which, you know, America, if you want to go back and listen to us be wrong about stuff, go back and listen to that one. Um, you know, I, I thought somewhere in my like wildest dreams they could make a bowl game by the end of the year, but that would be my wildest dreams. They got six wins and three games to go. It's possible they rattle off another couple before the season's over. Pretty incredible how quickly culture's changed and just the players are responding to what the coaching staff is doing. God bless them. It's been fun to watch this year. They've been in every game they've been in. Losses have been Close losses, a lot of wins have been big wins. Just hell yeah to Coach Elko and what's going on in Durham. It's been fun to watch this year. Um, related to Duke also, basketball is back. Coach Shire got his first win this past week, at his first official win, because all of his interim head coach or stand-in head coaching wins don't technically count towards his record. Um, you know, obviously they were playing a, a – opponent who couldn't match them talent wise but had a lot of experience and they actually played pretty well and they're without their two of their best freshmen so happy to see that um gonna throw a fourth thing in here another really good was cma awards this year i don't know if anybody here watched it but i thought they can be hit or miss these award shows can be like really good or really bad or just sort of meh uh, this year, I thought they did a really good job with the CMA Awards. A um, bunch of things stood out. Um, one, at uh, the very end, uh, Luke Holmes took his moment of winning Entertainer of the Year to basically be like, I'm glad country is actually country again. He basically made a little speech about that at the end, and I thought that was pretty cool, Luke Holmes. Amen. Um, he, he is not my favorite guy, but I – I have, I appreciate that he has kind of pulled the mainstream back to being more country. And I appreciate it that he made a point to make that point at the award show. Sure. Um, I thought that was really cool. They also took a moment to, um, to honor, uh, blanking on his name, Alabama. Jeff Cook. Jeff Cook. Um, passing away this past, uh, just a few days ago, uh, which I thought was, was I figured they would do, but I was glad that they like found a way to work it into the show because it was very last minute. And then the third thing is they honored Alan Jackson, and Alan Jackson is up there on near the top of my list and uh, of all time greats in country music. They did a good job with it. I, you know, guys like him deserve to be honored before they're so old and frail that they can't like participate in the ceremony. And they what they by doing it now even though he, I know he's got his health struggles and he's not really able to tour anymore. He was actually able to not just sit in the audience and kind of smile and wave, but able to perform a song. And then he gave a speech like after it and um, just sort of talking about how much country music meant to him, how much his wife was a supporter of his and just on and on. Um, it was good. And uh I was happy to see it. I thought this year's show was the best one in a very, very long time. Um, 
And so I was very happy with the CMA Awards. It's worth if if you care about that kind of stuff, it, I'm sure it's on demand. You can go watch it. It's not, you know, going to be awful to to watch that later. And then you have Peyton Manning is one of the co-hosts. So if any of you NFL friends out there who care about that kind of stuff, you got that going on. Or or college yeah. friends. He's yeah, pretty, it's been a long time ago now. <laughs> A long yeah. time ago. I, I was three what the a, last time he played in college. What a well now you just told everyone how old you are. What a <laughs> yeah, I'm 28. Come at me. It's at country or it's at Colcan's country on Twitter. Grow up, you what, child. What song did he what song did he play? Because I didn't get a chance to see it. Don't ride the jukebox. Nice. Cool. So he he sung that and then they had Dirks, John Party, and um Lanny Wilson. Lanny Wilson performing a few other songs prior yeah. to that. So which they did which, a good job with it. That leads perfectly into my good, good, and good this week because Dustin, I also have four. Uh, I contemplated not having four, but after you had four, hell with it. I'm doing it. And the first <laughs> I'm leading off with the CMAs, like you said, the best CMAs they've had in 15 years. And the fact that you can tell who the actual quality artists that also have mainstream success with who they got to play the Alan Jackson tribute. It was John party. It was Dirk Bentley, And it was Lanny Wilson. It wasn't Luke Bryan. Wasn't FGL. Wasn't any of those guys. It was John party, Lanny Wilson and Dirk Bentley. Um, it, which leads into my first good Lanny Wilson was probably the story of the night. Lenny Wilson had a a a big uh, like theatrical performance with Hardy for their duet Wait in the Truck cool performance but Lenny Wilson had a huge night. She is 30 years old just released a very good record in Bell Bottom Country. Lenny Wilson is going to be the next big female country star that is probably going to occupy that Miranda Lambert space for the next like 10 15 20 years. She is. Like I mean she is. Um not saying she is going to be Miranda Lambert, but she's going to occupy that space. And keeper of the flame. <laughs> do what? Yeah, she's going to be the keeper of the flame. There you go. Because Lanny Wilson is undoubtedly country with her music. And she also has mainstream appeal. It's not like you're throwing out these pop stars that are or these uh, sugary like pop music that, that you hear, hear from early Kelsey Ballerini and other types of artists like that. It, it, look, I, I call it like I see it. I'm not. They don't like it. They don't like it. The reality is Lenny Wilson is going to be a star. Lenny Wilson is definitely country. And she had a big night. Um, that's something to look forward to with country music. That just is underscores what Dustin was saying, that the CMAs was probably the country show for an award show that we had seen in a long time on TV. And that's a good thing. Um, anybody that is a longtime country music fan can't deny that. All right, moving into now the rest of my goods, uh, college athletics related. NC State. It's going to be a common theme for the next three goods, but NC State big <laughs> win over uh, Wake Forest, sixteen straight at home, uh, longest <laughs> tied for the longest streak of home wins for NC state since Lou Holtz was the coach there. We have a very good chance at making history this Saturday, BC versus NC state states, a 19 and a half point favorite. 
That will be 17. If that happens, that is the longest home winning streak for NC State in school history. They're in the top five in uh, home winning streaks in the country right now. They're number five in uh, longest streaks in the CFP poll, ranked in a row, only behind the likes of Georgia, Ohio State, people like people like that. You know, reality is NC State's been pretty good for a while, just not good enough to win championships, but been pretty good for a while. Um, so you can't deny that. Uh, the next is good for the Atlantic, bad for the Coastal. The Atlantic is has six of seven teams are bowl eligible. Six of seven. Might you ask, oh, but I thought the mighty North Carolina Tar Heels, who are going to be playing for the AC Championship, they're eight and one. Oh, yeah, they are. But <sighs> what division do they play in? They play in the Coastal. How many bowl eligible teams do they play in uh, are there? It's two. So there are eight ACC teams that right now with three weeks to go that are bowl eligible. Six are from the uh, Atlantic. Two are from the coast. Tell me, thank God, ding dong, the witch is dead. The divisions are gone after this year. Not sad to see it. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Divisions are done. All right, next Naturally, it's Duke and Carolina doing their part. Honestly, I I thought about that when I saw it earlier. Naturally, it's Duke and Carolina. But I wasn't going to say anything because I don't (laughs) want to interrupt. But since you interrupted... (laughs) Yeah, the NC State fan forgot to point out that it was Duke and Carolina shouldering the load, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Always with the burden. Always. Either way, two of seven doesn't matter. It's the little sisters of the poor in that uh, that, that division. All right, now let's keep, move over keep, to college. Keep, keep running your mouth. Old Tom O'Brien years can keep rolling, can come all creeping back here soon for if, if you don't watch out. <laughs> oh, they can, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to take my time not to to say some good things when the good things no, are happening should, because man. I've had a I've had enough you've uh, had, enough you've bad had years. much more consistent <laughs> you've had much more consistent good years in the last 15 years than than some of the other people on this podcast 15 is aggressive, but if we, if we stretch no, it out I, to about I'll, six I'll, or I'll seven, cap, yeah, I'll cap yeah. it at 15 because <laughs> 15 is being nice. I could go 20 and, and some of these other people would look even way worse <laughs> compared to the last three years of college football where they've been really good. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move into basketball for a minute. I'm not super excited about this year's basketball team, but I went to the season opener, um, NC State versus Austin P. Austin P. Why is that notable? Because Nate James, the former Duke assistant, former Duke player, head coach, NC State was a 13-point favorite going into that game. They won the game by 50. Um, <laughs> they did pretty well in the in recruiting in the transfer portal this year. Jarkel Joiner is the uh, starting point guard this year. Him and then the sophomore Trequavian Smith are going to be a really, really good backcourt for NC State this year. Um, we DJ Burns surprised me the most. Um, uh, and then we had some German kid that never heard his name, can't Ooh. pronounce his name, not going to try. Why? But why's the guy be a German dude, kid? Well, I mean, hey, well, he is. <laughs> he's he's very German. But that dude was a like a a a dude down in the paint. Um, yeah, I was really impressed against lesser competition. What I saw. I think this team's ceiling is middle of the pack in the ACC, but I don't think this year's NC State team, based on the effort they gave out on defense based on the previous five years, 
finishes dead last in the in the league or even in the bottom three. I think they're going to be a middle of the pack team, which you know, to a lot of fan bases, the Dukes, the Carolinas, isn't good enough. But when you had your statistically worst season in program history last year, this is you know you're kind of excited to be able to maybe be above 500 in conference play. No. It might happen this year. So, with that being said, go Pack. Well, I mean, with the history of your program, you should get excited, man. I mean, you guys had a history of being pretty pretty decent, and then you know, Mister Red Jacket in the early 2000s uh just just really shit yeah. the bed on on it, on that man yeah sydney low era is where it that was new, bad. new lows new lows but that was that, pun sydney low was it was a low era <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah it could be better um Shit. this well, year quick, we'll see yeah, what speaking happens. of basketball i never thought i saw some other virginia tech fans talk about this they were like thank god basketball season's here and i, I just kind of messaged them i was like who would have ever thought in the last 25 years or so that tech fans would ever come to the point where they're excited the basketball season has showed up to save them from college football it's usually the other way around with a lot of my other friends where, you know, I'm sitting here like, yeah, let's keep it on college football. Like, no, no, we're, we're done with this. Thank God basketball season's here. But now the tables, the oh, how tables, turn the tables. Turn tables have turned. <laughs> and, and I'm just happy over here because I got both seasons. <laughs> you know, Dustin, I just, that just, that's, that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> we got a long basketball season, Morgan. It's no telling how that's going to go. Wait, we'll do the ACC preview in December. I mean, unless something really bad happens there, you you're, you're Duke. You don't have anything to worry about until it comes to lacrosse season. Oh, that joke has an age. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's lacrosse. where we used to say in the first hundred episodes. Next topic. All right, Morgan. <laughs> College uh, football pick them. Take us into it. All right. Well, let's jump on into it. Records after week 10. Ryan's sitting at 32 and 24. Nobody cares. Logan is at second place, 30 and 26. Very impressive. And Dustin and myself are sitting tied at 26 and 3. How are we still tied? Asterisk. Like, Asterisk. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can tell you. I mean, granted, yes. D- They've Dustin been tied for four weeks to- now. <laughs> Dustin should have more wins, and we we shit the bet on that one. I'll I'll admit we did shit the bet on that. Dustin flipping his coin last week. You, I think he literally went fifty fifty. So he's clearly just given up because he went to Ireland and decided (laughs) I don't care anymore. He wanted to see the top of the Guinness building. We picked for Logan, but yet couldn't pick for me. So we're still on that one. That's fake news. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's accurate. I would be tied with Logan if I just went if I y'all just fifty fifty made week one. But anyway, whatever. I'm gonna flip the coin this week, so let's go. <laughs> Morgan, give yourself props. You took LSU last week. Nobody else did. I did. I did. I just had me to and the corn took me and the coin took Notre Dame. Don't forget about that. Yeah, no, we you definitely deserve that. But I, I just, you know, when you got Alabama barely winning their games, it was bound to happen. So, Morgan, my favorite line you had last week, I almost used it on tailgate season this week for the Notre Dame game was Rudy was offsides. I don't care. I'm going with Clemson. <laughs> Say that again. 
last week you were like, Rudy was offsides. I don't care. I'm going with Clemson. <laughs> Did I say that? Yes. I don't remember. Damn. I don't remember saying that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Though. But yeah, I took LSU, Ryan. You took Georgia. But, you know, I mean. I wasn't really going out on a limb too much. Not not really, because it is Georgia at the end of the day, man. Uh, that was a fun game to watch. I was watching. Trying, <laughs> I was babysitting my nieces. Yeah, we all took we all took Wake and State one, so you know that that was good good stuff. So yeah, Wake can suck my deke. <laughs> good old Winston Salem Deacons. There you go. Yep, yep, yep. So college football rankings, of course, Georgia's at one. Tuda thunk that. Who saw that one coming? Ohio State and Michigan both in there, and then, you know, good for you, Big Ten. Nobody fucking cares. Uh, you got basketball season now. Oh, wait, you're yeah, we, we'll see you next year. And TCU rounding it off in, in four. So, you know, um, playoff time comes two, maybe three of these teams will not be there, but definitely two of them. Tennessee sitting at, at five, just kind of waiting to itch back in. They're not out of it yet. Oregon's at six, LSU seven, USC is at eight. They want their shot and they, they might get it. Probably not. And go grab your surfboard and go to the beach instead. See you next year as well. Uh, teams of note, we got Alabama at 9, Clemson at 10, Ole Miss at 11, State at 16, and the Irish are at 20. <laughs> Sorry, and Carolina is at 15. Just, that that must be South over. Carolina, right? I'm sorry, there was a big black marker on my computer screen here. I didn't, it's blacked it out. <laughs> Even my phone doesn't like Carolina. <laughs> so, Ryan, I, I do have a question for you before we get into the pick because it's the only week I can ask it. So, over the next four games, you guys have Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, who is not good, but you lost to last year, yep. NC State, and Clemson. How? What is your record We're through not those? Clemson, but okay. One win of the next three and you're in. All right, come on. Sorry. You're, you're going to play Clemson. Uh, you're you're winning the coastal. Unless you lose out, you play Clemson. Um, you lose out and Duke wins. Let's throw that even in there because that's the Ooh. only situation where you lose don't lose out, lose out, lose out, lose out. Will it? Let's will it. Let's just, let's just will it right now. So of those, say you play those four games, zero and zero. Those four games. What's your record at the end of those four games? Well, Clemson's a win. We know that. Of course. I actually do think they could beat Clemson right now. Clemson's offense is trash. It's they decided to stop playing offense after they played NC State. Damn it! But anyways, I digress. So it's funny that you ask because these teams are concerning to me. I looked at the end of our schedule at the beginning of the year. If if there was three games that I would not pay for tickets to go to, even though I went to the NC State game last year, and I'm paying to go to the NC State game this year. They are Georgia Tech, <laughs> Wake Forest, and NC State because that's not going to be a fun game. And if we win, I'm not going to feel good about it. And if we lose, I'm just going to be angry and bummed out. So I, I'm, I'm, I think it's highly possible. Um, I, as a Carolina fan, and I don't even want to sound butthurt. It would it when you the first thing that left to my mind when you said that is one and three. Because we'll lose out. 
<laughs> but but um I think that uh I think that we're better than Georgia Tech and we should beat Georgia Tech. I I wonder if Sam Hartman's got sick of playing Sam Howell, but man, they they sure they sure have no defense. We have at least shown that we have a defense. Um, so I could somewhat, somewhat, but Wake has none. I mean, Wake, Wake has no defense. Um, so I could see us winning that. And then I don't know. I mean, my answer to you is I could see us going one and three and beating Clemson, or I could see us going four and oh and, and, and going to the Orange Bowl against Penn State or whoever. So, so it's one and three or four and oh. Yeah, pretty much. No in between. I yeah. think they're gonna go four and zero. That's my opinion. I, uh, I think they have four and zero in the bag. Yes, <laughs> I think they do. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't trust the freshman quarterback. I don't trust the Heisman hype. I think that it's a house of cards. I really do. I think it's like Tennessee, right? Oh, all of a sudden they get one loss to a decent team. I mean, we're we're prefacing the game now, right? But. It's a 7.30 game against an unranked Wake Forest team at Wake Forest. This is all the makings of like, oops, sorry, the referees forgot how to count. And uh, if you just made that field goal as opposed to doing a swinging gate bullshit because you thought, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, 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 it gives me heartburn. I'm glad uh, I'm in North Carolina for the next few, but um, but uh, I'm not I can tell it. you the Wake Forest, they don't call P- offensive PI and they don't call holding. So enjoy that this week. But anyways, Morgan. Let's get you to pick them. Let's do it. All right, do, uh, Dustin. We got our game up first to pick, man, on ESPN three. Wow, is that is that the same <laughs> channel with the, the squirrels on the on the skis are, are on? <laughs> That's where they have the uh, spelling bee and the arm wrestling tournament. Good shit. Good shit. Good. Good to know. So Tech is at Duke. Well, Duke, from what I saw, has what the twenty first ranked running offense in the in the in the nation well that's your game I, I saw that so um duke's gonna run all over uh virginia tech and there's gonna be the no third quarter um showing like it's been the last couple of weeks so uh happy for you dustin the first guy, first year head coach for him and he's having a great season i'm I really i'm happy for you and your team so i'm gonna pull duke on this one Woo. Dustin. I'm flipping the coin this week. So Oh, that's um, right. You gotta flip the coin. Let's see. Heads heads away. Tails home. All day long. Let's see what we got. Tails. Let's go, Blue Devils. <laughs> Ryan, man. The next big Blue Devil fan. What you got? Well, we beat Duke. That was an overtime. On two questionable calls, yes. Yeah. And we beat Virginia Tech, and that was in the first quarter. So I'm picking Duke. Okay. No, I hey, you know what? I I deserve that after uh, 2017, um, that ass whooping that you took, and also the last 20 years of (laughs) us having a winning record over you. I deserve that. Hey, you're welcome for the nine overtime game you guys won a couple years back. Or whatever that was, and 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 you're welcome for the hurricane game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I was at Navy, watching them beat Houston, and I was watching the scoreboard, wondering why in the hell 
we were we were the only two teams playing in a on hurricane. But yeah, uh, cool. You were not NC State beat Notre Dame in the 50th anniversary of Carter Finley that day. I was there. I was present. I was sitting in the rain. You and five other people. <laughs> That's what BJ Barnum wrote the song Hurricane about, right? Dust, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Logan, what do you got, man? So this game is at Wallace Wade. Why is that important? It's not at Lane Stadium. Give me the Blue Devils. <laughs> It's go. not that it's not that Duke's crowd is good. It's because it's not at Lane State. Well, hope, hopefully this hopefully this season it gets them riled up and and ready for next year for more. And they they start piling that place, you know, throwing it in and getting well, loud. Well, I I probably I I think it's probably fair to say I probably spent more Saturdays in Wallace Wade than anyone here. It's not going to be a raucous crowd. They could one day. I mean, it's it's probably the Brunswick Stu's fault. They have good food there. You eat the food and you go to sleep. It's too tasty. You just got to take a nap after that Brunswick stew. Hey, There's renovated bathroom. The track is gone. They have nice like ferns and every, every, everything <laughs> everywhere. I mean, it's, it's, it's aesthetically pleasing. If you ask me. <laughs> it's a beautiful stadium. It is. Nice little Saturday. Logan, this is how I know you're a millennial because you're worried about the amenities. <laughs> yeah, we're just pissing between the seats, man. Yeah, back in anyway, the day, you wouldn't get a charge for that. Speaking of, speaking don't ask me anyway, how I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of, of about piss on seats, next up, Carolina at Wake Forest. I mean, what you got? Welcome to the show with your brand new college football team at a school that has a high school stadium. Um, Truist Field. You're not even in Wake Forest. Like, stop calling yourself Wake Forest. <laughs> fuck. You know, Caroline's going to wax her ass, my opinion. But Ryan, I'll let you pick first. Well, I think that at the beginning of the year, we were all concerned. Um, about Sam Hartman being out because Sam Hartman is a legitimate talent quarterback. He may not be uh, great on Sundays, but he's very good on Saturdays. And uh, I'm not going to wax poetic about his story again, but the guy can the guy can sling it. Um, and up until they lost in overtime to Clemson, I know NC State just took him out last week. There's a reason why NC State is ranked right next to us in the rankings in the CFP rankings. But um, uh, man, Wake Forest lost in overtime to Clemson, guys. I mean, not not exactly a shitty team. Uh, I I don't care that they're playing in a stadium of six thousand people and that their mascot is makes no sense because he's a demon and a deacon at the same time. Hey, if deacon. you're from the south, you'd get it. Well, I'm saying unless they're talking, <laughs> unless they're talking about the center saint, you know, thing, and we're supposed to go super deep into the metaphysical and all that other philosophical stuff. But uh, at the same time, I, I, I think I was. Let's put it this way: when I set up the notes to do the rankings, I was surprised that Wake Forest wasn't ranked, even though they lost to NC State. So I think we have to win because we, we should win because we're the better team, and I hope. That Drake May will go out there and he will compete with Sam Hartman, but it does not surprise me in the least, as I've already alluded to, if Carolina doesn't. So I'm taking Carolina for the pick because it's important to me to always cheer for my team, 
as opposed to playing this bullshit game of like, oh, well, at least I'll get a pick right on a fictional podcast. Uh, you know, no, I'm not doing that. I, right. I, the podcast is real. I the just, podcast you can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Stitcher. So it's very much real, unlike <laughs> UNC's CFP hopes. Anyways, <laughs> I I have not said anything about the <laughs> CFP hopes. No, you haven't, but Twitter has. <laughs> Don't worry, give it a few years. They'll be back to just talking about basketball and lacrosse. Speaking of. <laughs> Speaking of fictional places, Twitter. Anyways, Morgan. My, yeah, right. <laughs> my pick is Caroline. For my good friend Ryan's sake, and, and I don't like him, but hopefully they do stick around and stay consistent this time around. But if history has taught us anything, Caroline, will, the flame will, will die out soon. And all money and resources will be funneled back to basketball. Was that a pick for Carolina this weekend and not? Yes, that was a pick for Carolina right now. <laughs> I couldn't read between the lines there. <laughs> Dustin, the ultimate Carolina hater. What are you thinking? Well, it depends on what the coin wants to do. Uh-oh. Coin says oh, home man. team. That coin's about to get thrown out the window. Coin says home team. Wake Forest. Let's go. Team of Deeks. <laughs> Thanks for your expert. Lose out. Lose out. Lose out. Lose out. Logan. Yeah, so who do I think is the better team? I think, honestly, as Dustin would say, it's a coin flip. The reason I say that is because Carolina has won the games in front of them, but they're one of two teams in the CFP Top 25 that has not played a Top 25 team yet. Um, Also, the the reason Sam Hartman has struggled over the last two weeks has been strictly because of defensive scheme and the personnel that's been able to execute that defensive scheme. Louisville effectively was able to break up the slow mash that they run. And then NC state uh, in a different Louisville did it with their uh, defensive line. NC state did it with their linebackers. The blitzing schemes we ran was able to get and not, not allow Sam Hartman to have time. I don't believe and I could be proven wrong this week, and I'm willing to stand wrong if I am, but I don't believe NC's or uh, UNC's defense is going to be able to get enough pressure consistently on Sam Hartman this week. I think it's going to be a, uh, a, a track meet like it has been for the last three years, and I do not think that Wake Forest is going to lose three straight. I think it's going to be a very close game, and I'm picking the Deeks to win at home, Sam Hartman mm. to have a bounce-back game, and Drake May is going to have a big game, but it's going to be something in the vein of 55 to 53. But I think that Wake Forest pulls it out at home. I highly doubt this will happen. I think what you, all, everything you said is fair. I highly doubt this will happen, but if there's rain in the forecast, one, which there could be because it's at 730 at night. And two, if for some reason Sam Hartman decides to do gunslinger stuff and he – goes up for a pass, right, that's ill-advised, and we get a turnover and we go down the field and all of a sudden we're up 13, Wake cannot stop the run. And we have a three-headed running back crew that could ball hog at that point in time. And then it goes – that's – that, That's next fair. Topic. That's fair. That's next fair. Topic. But I would like to read the weather report for Raleigh, <laughs> who is 25 minutes-ish – Aren't you Chapel Hill for Saturday? Because that's where Wake Forest is. <laughs> oh, you're right. It's not in Chapel Hill. <laughs> Remember, they don't play in Wake Forest. I forget. They play in nowhere. I live close near to Wake Forest. Wake Forest. 
Act like in fact they play like hours they, away from Wake Forest. In, North <laughs> in fact, they play closer to Virginia. Oh, it's only a thirty percent chance of rain. Get out of here, Sam Hartman, all day six tutties. <laughs> you, Caroline does not play very well in in, in hurricane <laughs> weather, Logan. There. So, there. I've seen this firsthand. Yeah, but Wake Forest doesn't have a run game this year. So Ryan's not wrong about that. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got uh, Georgia against the seatless Mississippi State. There's a very specific question here. Yes. Will they beat them by 16 and a half? We were a little light on games this week, so I had to come up with something creative. Ryan, I'll let you go first. Yes. But I did do some research before I made this. So the question is, Will number one Georgia beat Mississippi State at Mississippi State that night by 16 and a half, which is what the line is? And my answer is yes. But I think that uh, a certain coach will have his Bulldogs a little bit more ready to play than perhaps we expect. And I wonder if they're not looking past this, especially because they think they just rolled. This is this to me is the perfect track play. Because they just rolled Tennessee, right? They're number one. They're feeling good about themselves. They're going to Mississippi State. Bulldogs versus Bulldogs. But, yes, I think they went by 16 and a half. I think the fourth quarter takes care of the form. Okay. Dustin. Head tails, tails, no. Dropped it. You landed on heads. Yes. (laughs) You obviously had a rooting interest there as you pumped your fist. (laughs) Logan. Again, not to echo everyone else, but yes. Like, sorry, Mississippi State, not going to cover this. Yes. Mm. If Brett is listening, bet your farm, bet your daddy's farm, <laughs> Georgia covers. I think Mississippi State beats Georgia. Ooh, beats. Straight, straight up right. or covers? Not nah, just straight up. Ooh, I'm shit, not going right. points here. I don't, right. I don't do that shit. I'm just hey. going to say the State beat them. Way to be pre- by point, by field goal, by... 20 points. I think they beat them. I think Georgia ah. goes in there cocky. And uh, I think I think Mike, Mike Leach is going to have an amazing press conference afterwards, too. Ryan, you put in the notes what I was about to propose. Yes. If Morgan if Morgan gets this right, he gets plus five wins. Yep, I agree. Fuck that. I want 10. <laughs> Don't get no. greedy. You get five. Drive is smoking five. <laughs> but you know what it's almost like the rest of us are like oh yeah yeah Mississippi State wins give us five wins it's one loss versus five wins what's the what's really the big deal not an awful bet I like it I, I thought you were I like the balls pick out you last week but I was like no way and then when it happened I was like alright Morgan alright <laughs> He reminds me of Mr. Authentic and his family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got South Carolina at Florida. At least one, at least somebody who's last name Beaver's doing, you know. <sighs> Gators are favored. Yeah. They're five and four and they're favored. What is that, Florida? Logan, what are you thinking, man? Honestly, 
I have not been impressed by Florida all year. South Carolina has been up and down in the same way that Louisville has in the ACC. But I I really do think that South Carolina edges this one out on the road. Um, The swamp is not really the swamp this year, if we're being honest. It's not. I could be, I'm going to be eating my words like I was last week when I picked Tennessee and when I picked Wake Forest. But you know what? It ain't next week. So fuck Florida. It's going to be South Carolina and Shane Beamer. Let's go, Cox. <laughs> oh, Florida hasn't been Florida or the Swan in quite some time, actually. Um, give me, give me, give me Shane Beamer and and South Carolina. Come on, Morgan. Let's go, Cox. Let's go, Cox. <laughs> the only Come team on, you can change. Angle, with don't, angle, don't you want to drive a Beamer? No. I drive a Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I picked this game in our rundown because I thought it was an interesting game. I'll probably watch it. Uh, South Carolina six and four. So I was like, okay, I know that I know that they've got some buzz behind them. I know that got a little juice. Shane Beamer is obviously a really fun coach and a really good coach. Um, you know the fun rivalry that that I like to have with South Carolina, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, everything else last year. But long story short, um, they beat Kentucky. They beat Texas A&M. But the four schools that they beat before that for their six and four, not so great. However, guess who also isn't so great? Florida. So uh, South Carolina gets a statement win. They go into the swamp. That's right. They take down the Gators as an eight-point favorite. And uh, I'm going with Shane Beamer and the, uh, the secondary Carolina. So it comes down to the coin whether or not South Carolina wins. All right. See what happens. Let's- What's the coin got? Before you say it, if the listeners need to know that typically the record when we all pick the same team, they lose. So what does the coin tell us? Well, last week or two weeks ago, we picked Carolina and Ole Miss together and they both won. So those are the magic things. The coin tells me Shane Beamer is going to win. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Shane Beamer to the uh, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> The Mount Rushmore of MNR is one pick of one game, one week. Hey, if we can't make a mountain out of molehill, then what the hell is the podcast for? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some other, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Logan. Go ahead. Damn, Ole Miss, 330. CBS. Sorry, my my eyes are, contacts are messed up here. Blazing over. Oh, sorry, I fell asleep there. This next game. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, number nine, Bama. You heard that right. Number nine, Bama. Not five, not three, definitely not one, but number nine at Lane Train at 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm going to go on and make the same statement that I made on tailgate season available on Spotify and Apple podcasts for all that are interested, but the era of Alabama and Clemson being the top two and being untouchable is over, over. 
they're still going to be in the CFP conversation and going to win, probably win national titles and probably have years where they might be untouchable in that year. But the era of you're in, you're out. Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney being untouchable over. Not even, not even a question. NIL transfer portal. That shit has offered more parity since we've seen since the BCS era. With that being said, Nick Saban is still the best coach in college football, and Nick Saban has not lost back-to-back games since the year of 2007 when yours truly was 13 years old. So. He just lost back-to-back games. No, he didn't. I'm going to double-check. Go ahead. Say what you were going to say. Alabama wins, Ole Miss covers. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I think Bama's going to lose two in a row here and have three losses this season. Give me Ole Miss. Dustin, flip that coin. Let's see what happens. Coin is just. Ooh, heads. Give me Nick Saban. So I, I got it right here. Alabama lost to Tennessee October fifteenth. Beat Mississippi State October twenty second and lost to LSU November fifth. The record is still intact that he has not lost back to back games since two thousand seven. I was gonna say that's I was I was Googling it. I was like, did I fuck up? Did I mess it up? Yeah, they lost two of the last three. Dustin, who'd you pick? I was busy Googling. Bama. Let's go. All right. Ryan. So I do want to point one thing out, and this is petty, but I'm pointing it out. Bama is playing Ole Miss this weekend. Bama's nine, Ole Miss is 11. CFP stuff's on the line, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. like to point out the number three team, Michigan, is playing Nebraska, hapless Nebraska, and the number two team, Ohio State, is playing Indiana. But sure, tell me some more about how two Big Ten teams deserve to be in the top three. Just uh, enough already. I know it'll sort itself out. All that to say, it will. at the end of the day, um, I'm going to ride with Old Miss. I'm going to ride with the lane train. If there's anything you guys have come to expect from me, it's that I'm not going to actually give you real football advice. If you want to at me on the side, you can. I actually do somewhat know what I'm talking about. But in this situation, Old Miss, I would love to see Lane go in there. I'd love to see him get after Alabama. And to your point, Logan, about the transfer portal, um, Ole Miss is the team that has, I believe, the most. That I think they have 27 transfers this year. If you think that they're not locked and loaded with talent, um, they're 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 going for Alabama in the way that they can. They can't recruit. They can't outgun. They can't out money. They can't out duffel bag. You heard me. But they yeah. can out transfer. <laughs> so, duffel bags are a thing in the past, but yeah, sure. Sorry, Alabama. <laughs> That's what the kids do these days, right? <laughs> they zealot. Uh, some other notable games we got coming up free shoes at no longer ranked and still getting evicted Syracuse Uh, (laughs) Liberty who is well they're actually ranked Ryan Mm, at at UConn it's okay it's easy to overlook Jerry Farwell country we all do it I don't I still don't consider them a threat even if they did beat me a couple years ago (laughs) <laughs> uh, that that 
that like some other certain football teams, that coach will and that team will disappear eventually. He'll go get a coaching job somewhere else, and Liberty will go back to being um, just a small community college in Lynchburg, Virginia. <laughs> TCU at Horns Down. Horns Down always go horny frogs. <laughs> Except in this case, go Horns because I can't stand TCU. <laughs> they need a loss. Bring them they back down. Smacked. They need to get smacked in the face and get reminded who they are. Now, who I actually picked is UT. They're a seven-point favorite at home, and it's very much a Big 12 TCU thing to make their way all the way to number four in the CFP. Beat five ranked teams so far this year to lose to Texas this week, and it's going to happen. Mark it down, Texas covers. It's going to be a seven-plus victory for the Horns, but still, at the end of the day, Horns down always. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that rounds off uh, our college football pick Uh No, I don't guess we don't have anything to talk about. Hot seat, I guess that one's kind of safe for right now. So with that said, let's jump into our next topic. Um, Desert Island, Deserted Island Disc. Top five albums, if you were deserted on an island by yourself, what top five albums do you, or, or must have in, in your collection that you you just, you got to have them with you while, while you're, um, who knows, growing your hair out long, beard down to your ass cheek, and and never getting off the island. Hopefully hopefully the batteries don't die in your, your Walkman. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, for and sorry, uh, Logan. A Walkman is a device that us older people had um, back in the day. It took two, depending on which kind you had. Took one, maybe two, AA batteries. You know, um, mm. hit it, hit it a few times, depending on which one you got. And, um, I had phones plugged in, actually I, into it. I repeat, yeah. they weren't wireless. I repeat, yeah, they weren't like they, I do. And, in- and they and they took these things called cassette tapes. Now, for re- <laughs> repeat that. Back we cassette tapes. <laughs> I repeat, like I do in the group chat every other week. I am almost thirty. I I know. <laughs> 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 I I grew up in the partial digital age, not the fully digital age. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh. <laughs> so Logan does take a lot of shit for being young. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I'm young, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm not that young compared to what the kids actually are. Which, no. which hurts me to say, I've had to accept that recently. They keep talking about all these damn words they use for slang, and I don't understand them. That's where damn, I, I finally was like, kids. I was like, these that damn be, kids. That should be another episode. Mark it down. You tell us what the slang is. We try to guess it. Oh, I would oh, love a segment like that because I, we had some interns at work. They're all like 19, 20 years old. They say this shit. And I'm just like, what does that even mean? And so, yeah, let's do that segment. The same people that brought you three hicks and a carpet bagger. <laughs> Next up, you got <laughs> three wheelchairs and a uh, hipster. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of IPAs do you have on draft? Yeah, that's <laughs> a bar in Wilmington. Three hipsters in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So with that said, let's jump right into it. 
uh, Dustin, just why don't you start it off? Sure. I'll go through these pretty quick. Top five in America. With, with the caveat that I bet on any given day, if you ask me this question, I might change some things. But oh, of course, this is all mood and it's just current. I'm, you know, emotions completely all of our current mood. You know, yeah. But there's some things that would stick around. One, I would definitely have some Tom Petty in the mix. Of course. Um, one one album that stood out to me was the anthology through the years. It was a double disc of a bunch of his best music. It, uh, that that album. I got when I, I specifically remember getting that album when I was in high school. And, uh, I, I just, I, re- I remember like opening it up and I think it had the lyrics in there for all this stuff. Like this was the old days when you went to the mall and bought CDs, that album I would take with me. It's a little bit nostalgia. And also, uh, I just love Tom Petty. Nice. Uh, outside of that, I would take, I would definitely take Blue Clear, Clear Sky, George Strait. Also, put another nostalgia hit I've previously talked about on this podcast. We played that album out, like basically, if you could have played it too much and it wouldn't play anymore, we played that that many times, uh, I guess, our junior year of high school. So definitely when we, were, when we were like building prom and stuff like that, that album was on repeat. Great album. I would take that one with me. I believe that album was 1996. That wasn't Dustin's junior year for America, so that he's not that old. But do you know the story behind why it's blue clear sky and not clear blue sky? I know it was some kind of trademark deal. I just, or something like that. So it originally was written as clear blue sky, but then George Strait insisted that it was Blue Clear Sky because he watched the movie Forrest Gump two years earlier. Oh, wow. Peter Thunk, we're talking about Desert Island. Tom Hanks was in Castaway. No. And there he was on Wilson, you know, with his buddy Wilson. And then now it's all connected. It's pretty crazy. That's just too many. Do you want to jump Mind Mind blown. Jump <laughs> in with your Wilson connection. I was walking to Wrightsville Beach the other day with my wife, and there's a guy, and he had a big Wilson, just a hand from the volleyball, tattooed right across his chest. And it was way too big to be like his kid. And it was definitely not a Paul. And like, I don't think it was funny. I think he actually literally just had like like a Wilson tattoo on his chest. And I like that <laughs> my wife, but I was like, what? why would he get the Wilson tattoo on his chest? Like, of all the things, <laughs> maybe his name's Wilson. Good thing. <laughs> All right. Keeping this train moving. I would definitely take a Turnpike Tribulars album. We did, as Logan and I brought up last week, we saw them play. Probably my favorite one is their most recent one, A Long Way From Your Heart. Um, so that would be pick number three. Then I I'm, think I would take a Future Birds album with me. Ooh. Which is a little out of, Yeah. Probably unexpected. Um, I love putting those guys on. I just I love their music. Um, I'm so glad I went to see them play with American Aquarium several years ago. And then we've seen them since then. 
uh, you know, as well. Their album Teamwork is really, really good. It's one of my favorite albums that's been put out in the past few years. Um, and I actually listened to them uh, when we were when I was trying to sleep on our long flight across the Atlantic. I put them on and kind of just let them play. And it was such a good, like, I'm sort of awake, I'm sort of not album to have on. Um, but love that. Love their music. Love that album. Last one. Uh, again, this is a current mood thing. Morgan Wallen, Dangerous, the double album. That would be on there, too. Um, I play that album a lot still. Um, I played it a couple days ago, full length, and listened to all the songs. Uh, it's just a fantastic album. He, uh, well, the CMAs might have uh, thought they did him a favor by letting him in the door this year. <laughs> um, they still were not ready to, they still needed their pound of flesh and were not ready to recognize him for anything. We're recognizing him right here on this one, Reckless. Fantastic album. Another one of the best ones out in the past few couple of years. Love that. I would take that with me. So again, that'd be Morgan Wallen, Dangerous, double album. Future Birds, Teamwork. Um, George Strait, Blue Clear Sky. Um, Tom Petty, Anthology Through Years. And then uh, Long Way From Your Heart, Turnpike Troubles. Will you put that? Nice. Awesome. Yeah, you want me to? Yeah, I got you. That's perfect, man. Ryan, your turn, man. All right. I'm glad we didn't do this last week. We were talking about doing this last week, and I thought I was prepared and I was ready to go, and I had an extra week to think about it. And, um, and well, um, um, I'm still in the same mindset, but I'm in a different place because I'm in Wilmington and Wrightsville Beach. And so I think that that was the, that was the key. I spent more time than I should have this afternoon preparing for this. So I decided to go to a, um, uh, just, well, doing work, listening to albums and stuff like that. And, and I was getting more ideas. And so I'm glad that, uh, we didn't do this last week is basically where I'm going with this. The first one I'm going to go with, um, I don't think comes as a huge surprise, but, uh, the way that I did this is I'm not an album guy. I love putting together playlists and I love picking a really good song. For example, like my favorite song probably um, right now, like I love a bunch of Fleetwood Mac songs and stuff like that, but you get four or five really good ones on the album, but they have 12, so but they have 12 songs on the album. So like, I love those four or five songs, but I don't want to listen to if If I'm being honest with like the, the, the way that we're doing this, I, I would spend a lot of time on my desert island skipping. <laughs> so I don't want to, that's not a good album for me, right? So what I tried to do is find albums of bands that I really, really like. And then there was almost no filler. So I just did it mathematically. I would go listen to an album uh, this afternoon or yesterday. And then I just picked the albums that either meant the most to me or the albums that had the highest percentage of songs because that way I know that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be getting the most out of my time on the island. So the first one I'm going to lead off with is uh, the War on Drugs. We've talked about this among, on this band on the podcast in the past. Uh, I kind of got Logan to 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 listen to them a little bit a while ago for our song of the month. Um, in 2018, I was working through some stuff, and I've mentioned this in the past, but um, there was an album by the War on Drugs. I listened to a lot, 
And so there's probably some, some connection to that, but um, I've talked in the past about the lead singer and his, uh, he literally named his band after his addiction. Okay. So um, the guy, you know, uh, he's from Philly. Um, so he's, it's not a Southern band. Um, I, I went to go see them on New Year's. Um, I've, I've paid attention to this band. I think that this band is, is wise beyond their years. I think that the songs that he writes are incredible lyrically, but I think that uh, the album, A Deeper Understanding by The War on Drugs is very good. It came out in 2018. Um, and uh, some of the songs on here, and I'm, I'm just gonna, just so you get the idea of the album. Up All Night, Pain, Holding On, Nothing to Find, Thinking of a Place, In Chains, and then one of the last songs on the album is Clean Living. So I'll let you guys figure out what that album is about. But I really like the guitars. Um, and uh, basically, if Bruce Springsteen had a fuzzy guitar rock band, um, that's what the War on Drugs would sound like. And you would know if you listened to our Song of the Month playlist because we put a War on Drugs song on there called Occasional Rain a couple of months back. Um, the next one, just trying to go through this as quickly as possible because I could do an hour and a half on music. Um, Uh, our first concert together because we have a problem just doing normal things was we went to a festival um, and we saw a bunch of different bands and I had seen Empire of the Sun in the background um, on the, on the, before we went to this festival. So I knew that they were going to be a great band. Um, they're also the band that we saw on our honeymoon. We went to Chicago, greatest city in the summertime. And my honeymoon was in the summertime. And uh, we made a point to go to Chicago to see this band. So there's obviously a emotional connection there to them. Incidentally, they covered um, a song that is one of my favorite songs ever written that I never ever could have possibly expected that they would have covered um, on the show that they sang for as, as part of this very, very small intimate audience for, um, for uh, the show that we were at in Chicago. So that, that was just, that was an incredible experience on its own. But in 2016, they put out an album called Two Vines um basically empire of the sun is a buddhist and a practicing buddhist and an australian who is super into glam rock and like david bowie and stuff like that and they put out space rock for people with add if you have ever been to an empire of the sun show or you've ever looked it up um if you've ever seen them it's basically burning man on stage and these guys basically decided to make a concept album about what would it be like when technology uh fails and the earth is is overrun by vines and everything else like that and this album is awesome eight, eight of the ten songs in this album are things that i would like and i feel like that fits in perfectly with the whole desert island mentality i guess i would just be frolicking around checking um checking you know the stars in the sky to find out how carolina was doing in football and listening to my uh empire of the suns with my volleyball painted by Wilson, you know um so that's the second one the third one, also an emotional connection. Um, the third one is actually a Coldplay album. You guys knew you weren't going to be able to get out of here with it. But it's probably not the album you thought it was going to be. And here's why. Um, the album, Everyday Life. Now, there's a joke about Coldplay albums. Every time Coldplay puts out an album, uh, something terrible happens in the world. And in November of 2019, Coldplay put out the album, Everyday Life. We promptly were ushered into two years of, of hell pandemic so thanks Coldplay appreciate that but at least 
they gave us a hell of an album because 12 of the 18 songs that they gave to us, they, uh, they filmed a lot of the album in the Middle East, um, especially in a lot of the countries that deal with um, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, how do I say this to not get in trouble? They dealt with some sensitive topics on the album, especially because of where they were recording a lot of the album and filming a lot of the album for their special that they put out. So there's a lot of Arabic influences, and um, that is something that is personal and, and connects to me. I have spent some time over there, and I could understand why they would want to bring some influences into their album. They also dealt with a lot of sensitive topics about over-policing and um, uh, dads being on the road. And there's a lot of topics on this album that um, that that uh, speak to my heart. Uh, and then uh, the, my... Favorite song, obviously, on the album would be either Everyday Life, the, the topic song, or Orphans, which uh, is basically, um, uh, it's not about what you think it is, but basically it's this universal cry to basically say, like, when can I go out and get drunk with my friends again? Which, if you understand the whole Middle Eastern connection, it's basically people just saying, like, when can we go do what we want to do, as opposed to being told what we have to do or being judged by other forces or politics or anything else. Anyways, it's an interesting album. And uh, I listened to it a lot on the fan, uh, during the pandemic. I would sit out on my porch at a very, very, very teeny tiny city porch. And I didn't really know how to make sense of the world. And uh, I'm not saying Coldplay necessarily helped, but I very shit got a lot of listens. So for the last two, um, very simple. There's, if you know anything about me, there's an emotional connection to things. And there's also, and I get pretty passionate about that. But then there's something where I just got to go with my gut and it can be a little impulsive and it can be a, a soul thing or whatever you want to call it. But I just know it when I see it. So whether that's Wright Thompson's writing or something like that, I just, when I zero in on something, I'm like, that's my people, that's my tribe. Miranda Lambert, guess what? <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're part of the same. You're, you're, I don't know what the right term would be cut from the same cloth. And uh, again, people may not expect this, but Miranda Lambert's put out a lot of great albums. I've enjoyed all of them. Um, Automatic. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Vice. Uh, um, off way to these things. But the album that really kicked my ass and I'm amazed by it. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven songs off of this album of 15 tracks that she put out. So you're talking about being on a desert island. For me personally, 11 of the 15 songs that either speak to me or that I really appreciate listening to. And that's actually the Palomino album that she literally just put out in the past six months. Um, acting Up, uh, anyone that has been to a bar with me or taken a shot out of my uh, uh, sock gin um, can understand <laughs> that. I may appreciate that song. This album is, so Palomino, uh, could be a place but it could also be a trailer right so this album to me is 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 her album that again during the pandemic i don't i think we've mentioned this on the pod but she was in an airstream and she was driving around with her fiance or maybe at that point then husband and so long story short this is an album about being on the road um i'm literally recording this podcast from the road just because i felt like going so uh she's got uh scenes uh geraldine which is a great song about being a roadie and 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 how to handle roadies both ways. Chorus, which which we've mentioned on Song of the Month. Um, Wandering Spirit. That's what makes the jukebox play. Waxahachie might be my favorite song on the album. Love that song. 
and then Pursuit of Happiness. Some of these songs mirror with the Marfa tapes. And if you haven't seen the documentary of the Marfa tapes, and if you want to understand uh, uh, what it's like to go wander off the road and, 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 and make some art and, and hang out with some friends, um, it's my soul to a certain extent. And I'll close it out very simply with this. Uh, my wife knows this, but um, been awkward being in Wrightsville Beach for the past couple of weeks. This is my college town. And uh, I'll just say this. I finally understand, and I didn't realize that there was a double meaning to this, and I, I stand corrected because usually I like to come across as being a little bit of a know-it-all about music, and it's a fault of mine. But um, Kenny Chesney's Be As You Are, and really any song Kenny Chesney has written in the past 15 years, Coming back to my college town, I now realized what he means. So when you talk about like when I see this bar or anything like that, if you listen to those lyrics when you're talking about being happy and sad because the moments that you see um, are in your memory and they kind of fade away and people move on and you're taking the closet or we didn't know the best days that we had. But Be As You Are, if you want to talk to an album that speaks to me personally and to my soul, that's an album that came out a long time ago. But um. I couldn't find a song off that album that I didn't appreciate. I, I literally, so I went through and he, he, he went 13 for 13 on that album. As far as I'm concerned, he's got this song about the girl from Boston who wears her baby dreads under the Red Sox cap. Something sexy about the rain is all about kissing a girl in the rain. But then every time it rains, he remembers that experience with the girl French kissing life square in the mouth, sailing out on the sea. There's a cheeky song about um, doing some, uh, eating of key lime pie and how much somebody may like to watch you eat their key lime pie. If you get the implied reference there for the kids. Um, and then there's magic. And uh, that song happened to be playing when I drove onto the island this week. And my wife kind of looked out the window during the golden hour and I, I didn't plan it, but that song was playing in the background. And it's about being on a magical rock island that uh, brings you back in your memories and your and you're probably in too too heavily into your nostalgia. So be as you are, Kenny Chesney. That's that's the last one. Nice, man. Yeah. Uh, Logan. Yes, sir. So as we've talked about on this podcast many times, uh Dustin and I have some overlapping music today. So we have one in common here. And it's it, it's a very recent record. It's uh, Dangerous by the double album by Morgan Wallen. I probably have listened to that record a ridiculous amount of times since it dropped. But the one of the more underrated songs uh, on that album, for me personally, that kind of ties into um, what Ryan was saying about the Kenny Chesney point is This Bar by Morgan Wallen. And with lines like... Um, I found myself in this bar making mistakes and making new friends. I was growing up and nothing made sense buzzing all night like neon in the dark. I found myself in this bar. Then it goes down to talking about how uh, learning how to live with a broken heart. I found myself in this bar. That was me and my friends from 20 to 22, 23 years old at the Big Easy. These guys have been there. Different bar these days, but back then it was a different vibe. It was just like that was where we spent many a Friday and Saturday night with a live band. And that song isn't anything really special to it. And it isn't anything really deep to it. But for me, it's like it it hit me just because of like the lyrics really resonated with my experience in college uh, with my buddies of like kind of growing up, 
you go from high school, you go to college and you kind of have that growing up period. And in some ways, like you make a lot of your best friends at the local bar underneath the neon lights. And that's kind of what happened at the big easy. So this bar is a standout, but that whole double album, fantastic. Um, the next one is one that I would be remiss if I didn't put it on here. And it's strictly because if it wasn't for this album specifically, country and coke cans wouldn't exist. And if we're being really honest, if country and coke cans didn't exist, miserable and reckless wouldn't exist. Um, and that is burn flicker die by American Aquarium. I remember like listening to that album when it came out in 2012, I remember listening to around like 2013 2014-ish. And then I was like, I kind of like the sound of these guys. So this is different from what I'm used to. I was used to like Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan. Nothing wrong with those guys necessarily, but that I was like, this is different. I kind of relate to the sad shit this guy's singing about. Then I was like, oh, he's from North Carolina. Oh, he went to NC State. Then next thing I know, I invite Dustin and his now wife to come they become big fans. Morgan comes the next year or comes that year. Like, and then it just mm-hmm. kind of snowballs. Andy and I started country and coke hands because of that record. Then we did this podcast and then we were talking about it in Charleston, South Carolina in 2019, the Dustin's bachelor party. And that's kind of, we were like, Hey, we can do a podcast. Like, so is it's more than just music. Like my music taste for the next like decade from 2012 2013 2014 got shaped by that album but it was more than just that like that that record kind of shaped a lot of my spare time and friends that i probably wouldn't be as close to if it hadn't been for those concerts or the podcast so it was like that's a very influential record for me in a lot of different areas in life so burn flicker die by american aquarium definitely gets on there uh the next one is the weirdly to say in 2022 if you know these uh bands but Turnpike Troubadours were the opener during that 2015 show when I was two months from being 21. Me and Andy went in there and were somehow were able to buy beer at our first show to see Turnpike and American Aquarium. But their second record technically, but the first record that people realized, Diamonds and Gasoline. That album has no skips. Like Diamonds and Gasoline as itself is like, I was telling Dustin at their concert that the line about uh, should I stay here or should I move on? is like is literally just like a line that everybody can relate to with Diamonds of Gasoline. Like Seven and Seven was the first song I ever heard of theirs. And then me and Andy have joked about many, many, many times over the years that the chorus of that song of saying that uh, never thought that I'd be the, the guy that your mom warned you about. When we were 18 years old, we never thought we'd ever be that guy. But there were probably times we might have been. It's like there is so much truth in that album. No skips on that album. Diamonds of Gasoline by, in 2010 by Turnpike Troubadours. Fantastic record. Um, the next one is one that shaped my country music experience because I was probably eight, nine years old at this point. Um, and it was one that um, I got as a burnt disc back when that was a thing from my fellow co-host and my older brother, Dustin. Um, it was the self-titled record by Dirk Smentley that came out in 2003. That record to this day still holds up. Still holds up. The Dobro solo on the lead single, what was I thinking? The classic country, like really sad song, Whiskey Tears. Like the amount of times that Good Times and Bad, I have gone back to songs on that record over the years and played certain songs 
it's just been countless. But I owe gratitude to my brother for that because he gave me that record when I was just a child <laughs> uh, on a burnt disc, listened to it, and that kind of shaped my, you know, this country music shit that's sad and things don't work out. I kind of like it. <laughs> and it was really that 2003 Dirk Bentley record that kind of like shaped all that. And then going in the same vein, there's, um, so I, when I was in high school, I drove a 1990 Ford F-150, tan and brown, eight foot truck bed, uh, single cab with an, well, it was this extended cab, but two door truck family still has it. Uh, before I drove that truck, we would ride around in it on Sunday drives as people in the South do. And, uh, back in the day we didn't have a cd player in it we only had cassette tapes my dad had three cassettes that he would play it would be donna summer the eagles and the greatest hits of keith whitley the greatest hits of keith whitley probably made the biggest impact on me of those three i mean keith whitley is a guy we lost way too soon in country music but i still can remember the moment that the song i'm over you hit me when I was like 10 years old. I was like, this song's pretty good. And I didn't really fully understand what it was about. But like, like now as being a, uh, an adult, <laughs> like the lines, you heard I'm drinking more than I should. You uh, heard I ain't looking all that good. Why are people uh, uh, making this up? Or no, uh, whatever. I've been drinking tonight. But anyways, why are they making those stories up? I'm over you. Like that, that, literally is just like a killer chorus for a song and keith whitley is a guy that we lost too soon the fact that like my parents played this and it was like i absorbed it as a child in that truck and the truck that you know six years later was the truck that i was driving and i drove it until i went to college like love that truck to this day hated it when i was 16 but loved it love it now like the keith whitley greatest hits cassette made a big impact on me so if I had to pick narrow it down to five records, because I'm a big album guy, those albums are probably the ones that I would have to have to like say would make the cut. As Dustin said, the, the Morgan Wallen one is like the more recent pick, but you know, sometimes you have a have to have a little bit of good time music. And I think that and you know, beer don't do nothing but the party, as Morgan <laughs> Wallen says. You might need a little bit of that on the island. So dangerous Mexico. Mix. So mix. It's all a mix. Yeah. So, two things real quick. Dirk's Family album, that was the album that was, like, making the rounds when I moved to Wilmington. So, not to, like, <laughs> that was a big deal down here. Uh, and I thought for sure when you said country and cold fans that I typed in Dirk Family, like, ready for you to, like. <laughs> and then Keith Whitley, that story, you sound exactly, hey, you could fit right in with Marty and McGee. I'm just saying. Talk <laughs> about your old truck back in high school listening to Keith Whitley. I'm just saying, if you were able to get up on Saturday mornings, you'd hear a lot of stories. <laughs> if State ain't playing, I'm not up. There you go. That leaves one. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> well, I'm going to start off with <clears throat> one of my favorites, and it's the... Uh... The soundtrack to the movie The Last Waltz, which was directed by Martin Scorsese, the live album for <clears throat> the soundtrack that they put out to that movie is one of my favorites. I mean, you have <clears throat> guest performers from Neil Young and 
No Diamond. You got Muddy Waters, Eric Clapton on there, Van Morrison, Bob Dylan. Yeah, bunch of people. It's just, it's probably one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I, I can go on and list all the damn songs they sing on it because, you know, if you don't know who the band is, then uh, you just, you failed at life. And I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll find out. It's okay. We're not all perfect, but. You know, the, this the, this this album should be in every young man's collection. Um, it's easy listening for me. Lay there on the beach, eyes closed, and just goes this. I could play this album over and over again. Um, you guys all did great jobs with with uh, you know your stories on all your albums. I'm I'm horrible at explaining why I like things. I'm pretty short and to the point about why I like things. So forgive me if I don't go deep in to, to each album that I, I have here. Um, you know what you like. <laughs> we, we used to go to, we used to go to the bar and the first thing, one of the first things you do is go to the jukebox and you fill up with great music. So <laughs> um, and then you come back and we wouldn't talk about it and it would just be great music. So don't worry about it. <laughs> uh logan you talked about you know your dad and, and truck and only three cassette tapes being in there um i got kind of same similar story with my dad and it almost every time i'd get in the car for him we'd be going to the beach every summer um, almost guaranteed you'd hear at least half the trip would be ccr and uh you know it just that's one of the things I always look forward to every year, you know, riding up front with him and uh, getting to listen to CCR. And it's got for me, it's got to be Cosmos Factory. I mean, you got traveling band looking out the back door, run through the jungle. For me, it's as long as I can see the lights, probably, probably my favorite. It's a really good, good song to listen to when you just. Want to spend some time by yourself. Um, the next up is Gotta Be Dire Straits Brothers in Arms. Um, for you, once again, for you, for those of you who live under a fucking rock and don't know who <laughs> Dire Straits is, once again, you failed at life. But Mark Knopfler is probably one of the most underrated guitarists in, in, in the world. He doesn't get as much credit as, as he should. I mean, he gets credit, but he just when people speak of great guitarists, they don't. He doesn't make people's top five, and it's kind of sad, in my opinion. Um, but it's a great album. Um, it's uh, once again another one of uh, you know. It's just his guitar solos are phenomenal, and just really, you have a bad day, pour yourself a glass of of liquor, whatever your choice is, and and put on that album. And it'll, it'll, you know, it'll turn your day around. Um, keeping with the, you know, great music and and great musicians. Uh, my next was Gabby Bruce Hornsby's uh, "Scenes from right. the South Side." Oh, all right. So now you're getting into my honorable mentions. Good. I'm glad. Because I hate you talk about just phenomenal p piano playing. 
that that album for me is just. I mean, you, got, you pick your choice, right? Look out any window, Valley Road. I mean, Valley Road is probably one of my favorite. Um, the show goes on is also one of my next. You know, I, I hate having to pick a song off that album because one day it could be Look Out Any Window, the next day it could be The Show Goes On, um, Valley Road. Jacob's Ladder's great. It's, I mean, right? It's just, it's, his piano playing is just great. And you know, another great thing about this album is Huey Lewis actually provided a harmonica on uh, Defenders of the Flag. Yep. That's yeah. legit. So that just that makes that album that even much that much better, man. And it it's another great album that you can just you can you can take on the beach and granted now it was, while I say that, I could also say on the other side of that coin, if you need music at the beach, then you're doing something wrong. But um Well, for the desert island beach, you're gonna need music, so good pick. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, to tie back into that, this is an urban legend. I don't know if it's true, but Look Out Any Window is apparently the song that they based the Baywatch theme song off of. Oh, really? So speaking of music that you may need at the beach, in America, if you don't know what I'm talking about, please just Google or Spotify. And then leave us a voicemail. And then Spotify, Bruce Hornsby's Look Out Any Window. (laughs) It sounds exactly like the theme song to Baywatch. (laughs) <laughs> which in no way takes away from Christmas. <laughs> and my last one uh, has it's a com- has it is so far sounding from these last four uh, albums that I uh, mentioned that it just you'd be like what the ever living fuck <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway and it's it's a it's one of the first albums I ever bought, and it's good. I mean, it's a faster album than those those four, but it's uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. No, I mean, you probably go, no shit, but I mean, for me, that album is one of my favorites for a couple of reasons. First, it was the first album that uh, the first time I heard the songs on it, or the one song, Smells Like Teen Spirit, when I was, I think I was 10 years old. Um, it was the first time I, uh, just tried to actually listen to a song and, and understand it. And um, I guess I appreciate it, but remembered it and, you know, remembered it, you know, days later and, and weeks and months later, whereas, you know, you hear other songs when you're a kid and it's just, it's just a song in and out of your ears. But it's the first time I actually, just, I guess, tried to dissect something that I listened to. Um, another reason it's one of my favorite albums is, well, not, you know, all the music, you know, a lot of grunge bands came out before them and put out albums before them, and a lot of great ones came after them. But th- at the time when they put out that album, you know, record companies had no idea how to sell it. It was a tax write-off. Record stores had their albums like them, bands like them, in the back section of the record store next to urinals because they didn't know how to sell it either. No one was buying it. And hair metal you know was still at its peak and this album came out at the exact right time at the exact right moment 
where people at a younger age were wanting to hear something different. And it exploded and it opened up windows and doors and knocked down walls for every band before them to get more recognition and more bands after them to get picked up by record companies. Um, A lot of people don't think of it like that, but it's, it's the truth. It's you, you think back to before Nevermind came out and MTV, I mean, what you, you saw mostly the hair metal bands all over MTV, you know, it just people weren't paying attention to it and, and like i said they that album got put out at the exact right time it might not have been the greatest album but it got put out the right time to open up people's uh ears to something different like you didn't need you know fireworks and makeup and hair on stage to sell albums you had three dudes and clothes yeah. they slept in the day the day before and and uh and like three amps and a drum set and they made more noise and, and, you know, made bigger shockwaves and all those other bands combined. Three dudes and talent. That's how Dave Grohl describes it in that album yeah. or in that uh, documentary he does with his mom. And flannel shirts. Yeah, I mean, but it's the truth. You know, they, they showed, they, they broke it down to bare nitty gritty and just, they, not them, but bands like them and just said, hey, we, you know, and it was amazing, like all those bands before them that just tried and tried, but couldn't get any airplay, couldn't get any recognition. They, I mean, you saw after that album came out, you saw bands like Melvins and and Meat Puppets and and Sonic Youth. They they started getting their record sales start shooting through the roof. So, and because this is my idea, and and I'm gonna do it anyway. I, I, I'm gonna throw a. A sixth one out there. Come on. Just real quick. I'm not I'm not gonna go into it. I'm just gonna be quick. But uh Allison Chain's unplugged. Now, I'm gonna say if you ain't if you never listened to it, listen to it. It's one of my favorite live albums. Logan, did you listen to it? Not yet. I fully intend to though. Last last appearance you ever saw Lane Staley. Uh Last time you ever heard him singing, uh, but it was, uh, he just, you could see him deteriorating away and he still put up a amazing uh, performance. So that's it. That's mine. A lot of good music covered here, folks. America, you'd be behooved to check it out so what we can do is we'll add some of this to the playlist maybe and then uh you know it's the it's the best it's the best thing uh you can do with that is like listen to our playlist because i like i'm half of it and i said at the camping trip this playlist is fire son and then ryan looks at me and goes you know what you put half these songs on there so of course you would think it but anyways, <laughs> why don't we, why don't we pick, I'm not trying to drag this out. Why don't we pick two songs, three songs, each album, and then we'll put it onto a desert island disc playlist. I like, like it. Unless you guys tell me the songs to pick, I'll pick the two most popular ones. I'll go to the album. I'll look at the plays. I'll pick the two most popular ones. Unless you tell me otherwise. 
and we'll put it on a playlist because it's that's that's 20 albums worth of music i wouldn't listen to three albums worth of music so (laughs) (laughs) that's that's modern music listening but you're right let's do that uh we'll we'll put some of these songs on a playlist we'll have it out there on spotify for you guys and while you're on spotify click on miserable and reckless click on this episode in the description click on the link in that you can leave us an up to one minute voicemail. Tell us what are your top five desert Island albums. We'd love to hear from you. We might play it on the podcast, but for this episode of miserable and reckless, I am Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, and we will see you next time.